0: And welcome to the Power of Singing podcast, which we hope will encourage you to take up singing or keep singing, or at least listen to singing. We're recording this live over Crowdcast on May 2nd, 2022. Our panel is made up of the five members of the Santosha voice group, Heather Fetro, Joseph Garate, Joyce Wells, Rich McKinney, and myself, Susan Mohini-Kane. First introductions. We'll start with Heather Fetrow, a professional classical soprano and teacher from the Washington, D.C. area, who specializes in music by women composers and who is an active freelance soprano in the classical world. Welcome, Heather. Thanks, Susan. Great to be here. Awesome. Next, we have Joseph Garate, an excellent tenor and teacher who does many classical gigs all over Southern California and who's the lead singer and writer for the band Diamonds. Joseph writes deeply personal songs, which you'll hear today. Joseph is passionate about music for folks with special needs and is also a DJ. Welcome, Joseph.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to do this.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Next, we have Joyce Wells, who is a beautiful singer and songwriter and vocal coach from upstate New York. After teaching music in elementary school for many years as well... She's turned her focus now to her program that she calls Enjoy Your Sound. Through this, she guides people to discover and connect with their unique voices for speaking and for singing. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. i was very excited about this. Awesome. And next, Rich McKinney, who is a composer, a pianist, and a choral conductor from Missouri, the Show Me State who uh, Rich used to be a beautiful singer himself before he lost his vocal cords to Agent Orange exposure in Vietnam. Rich has a YouTube channel and has posted close to a thousand piano pieces and is currently teaching composition and composing for local choirs. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much. Glad to be here as well. Awesome. My name is Susan mohini Kane. And I'm a former opera singer and college professor turned singer, songwriter, and teacher, both online and here in the Los Angeles area. I'm the founder of the Santosha Voice Group, LLC, which provides information, inspiration, and opportunities around singing that are eminently doable and accessible to all. Everyone in this group today believes that singing and the resulting music that we make is powerful and life-transforming. And we'd love for you to join in. Our topic for these first five podcasts is the life-affirming, life-transforming, life-changing moments each of us has had in our own lives personally because of singing. Each of us will share our personal stories and then share a recording of ourselves singing a song that illustrates that story. Each of us also has a question for the others on the same topic, so we'll have a little informal discussion following each song. Okay, let's get started. Joseph Garate will continue our exploration into the life-transforming power of singing with his story, song, and question entitled, The Power of Singing to Affect Others. Here's Joseph Garate. Go, Joseph!
1: So, this actually follows a little bit about what Heather was literally just saying. Um, you know... As I developed early on, you know, as a as a high school student, and then as a young adult, as what I thought I was going to, you know, uh, th- that I, I sort of wanted to be a singer. Um, you know, we develop all these ideas about ourselves, and we 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 judge how we how we feel about how we sing, and we um, we criticize ourselves, and we 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 think about who we are as performers, and we develop this sort of identity, but. I think that my life changed and my singing changed when my son was born. And, you know, I, you know, my partner and I uh, were really um, focused on, on, on exposing him to a lot of music, but what was really important to me, especially in retrospect, was that as I sang to him, you know, I and 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 I sang and I sang and I sang and I sang. I noticed that he, as this you know infant, this this person that I loved most in the world, was responding positively to me. You know, was was smiling, was laughing, was giving me eye contact. Was he seemed to have more of a sense of kind of well being, and, and things were you know as they should be in his in his you know is, is what it seemed like you know as I was looking at him as I was singing. And so, what that kind of showed me was that my voice had an ability to um you know have this effect on another person you know and and i don't think i'm telling the story because i you know it, it this is the you know the situation that i you know with my son, but I don't necessarily think that this is unique to parenthood you know that you know um the 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 kind of paradigm switch from oh i'm a singer oh i'm a person working on my voice oh i'm a i'm a i'm a a performer and and this you know you're, you're you're kind of investing on who you are as an artist you know and and having a little bit of that paradigm switch between that as an identity and then as you know um this person who's able to empower, protect, uplift, serve other people with the voice um, was kind of a a, a, a huge eye opener for me, and what began to happen was i I began to be less critical of myself, I began to be less sort of cruel to myself um, um, and I was able to focus a little bit more on, okay, well, at the end of the day, I might beat myself up over several things, over something I'm not getting, over something I'm not you know, making sound good or, or whatever. But at the end of the day, this has you know, a myriad of positive effects on other people. And I don't know that I would have understood that so acutely you know, if I hadn't had this experience with my child um but but it was it was something that was really kind of represented a larger idea to me um so um i do have a song this is one of the last songs that i i, I released um this song is called This song is called i found a baby in the woods and a lot of you know uh, i'm going to sound like i'm contradicting myself but you know the, the song isn't autobiographical at all you know, it's not, you know, it's, it's really a fairy tale. Um, but people always kind of ask me if the song is about my child. No, it's, it's, it's actually a really dark song, you know, where the, this person abandons a child. So it's not about that. But um, it's, it's, you know, interestingly enough, I think that I don't necessarily know that I would have written it had I not been a parent. You know, I, it's, um, so, so, yeah, I'll go ahead and play it for you. So that's that <laughs> um, thank you um, yeah so um you know I, I like to think about this um um you know idea of like what our uh, what our everyday process is as artists and and as um you know people that create and or or in some cases have to create you know on you know, and produce and 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 that we have this constant sort of emotional life there's this whole you know in some cases we can have a, a real you know a lot going on in you know in our interior and sometimes we still we still have to make you know and still have to produce and still have to to show up to 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 create things and maybe work on a schedule or whatever. So what I was interested in about and I wanted to put to the the group was how does your um, emotional life affect your music? How does your mood affect your music? How do your emotions affect your music? You know, for example, a lot of people talk about, you know, a place of extreme unhappiness being a very creative, you know, or inspiring place for them. It's certainly not for me, I have to say. Um, but so I'm, I'm, I'm curious if, if you have to be in a certain mood to, to, to create or to, you know, what mood are you in when you are most productive?
2: I think for me, uh, when I write, it's all an entirely different thing from when I'm performing music. Uh, and yeah, I think our emotions very much have a great deal to do with what we sometimes we perform in spite of our emotions. I think, you know, we can have some control over that to, to a point. Uh, but if we cancel it out completely then we're making it zero, and it's no longer as the quality that we want. So it's a difficult place to be in sometimes. I think you've found a name, girl, That was a beautiful music that you did, and I'd like to talk to you about it at some point.
1: Well, thank you.
3: I definitely feel like the emotions play a huge part in in it, and when I'm feeling extremely happy, sometimes I I break out into song when it's not even a place to sing. I mean, it, it just wants to be sung. And when I'm feeling very sad, sometimes that happens as well. So it's the whole gamut. But the one emotion that does stop me from being creative is fear. If I'm if I'm really locked into fear, I mean I could still, you know, overcome it to do a gig, for example, but but uh, the actual, you know, the openness and the creativity is very hard to call forth when I'm in fear. So, so that's what I have to say about that. Yeah. Joseph, I found your music really moving and very emotional, and so it goes perfectly with your question, actually. Um, and your question um, really made me think how specifically, you know, it applies to me. And I, I do sing with a lot of emotion, um, just as a rule, as an opera singer. <laughs> like, if there's not emotion in opera, where, where is there? <laughs> These are heightened, heightened emotions. So. I've heard lots of conflicting things from coaches about, you know, you have to have a callous to a big moment in an aria, Otherwise you can't sing it. You have to have some kind of emotional callous there. Okay. That could be for some people. I don't know. But, um, but I can sing with emotion as long as I, any emotion I found really, even in my own personal life, as long as I've processed it enough on my own first. And so if I can take you know, before I go on stage those five or 10 minutes and process that I journal about it or do some yoga, Tai Chi, I've just gotten recently into too, something that helps me ground it in my own body, um, and then you know, sing it in in my body, then then I'm okay. The the problem is when it's too like in my mind, actually, and then it starts to become a heightened like sort of high experience. But I, I found this way working with my students It really fascinates me because sometimes those dark, deep emotions that we like don't want to process really are the ones that that bring about energetic awesome singing for our our students and for ourselves. Because sometimes, and that fear you talk about, so interesting too, Joyce, that fear is is something in there just needing to be expressed and kind of worked out. So I would say the stage is not the place to work it out. But (laughs) if you've had the experience beforehand and processed it a little bit and then are able to you know, recreate that in a, in a way that's on your breath and that you can really feel grounded and centered in in my body, this is just speaking for myself, of course, then I think there's, there's no limits for, for me in terms of what I can, can bring and and use as a singer. And I think that's just very crazy
0: in some ways. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to bounce off of Heather's as well. Um, in that I, and all of you actually that I feel for me anyway, In all the different types of singing, whether it's your church gig or whether you're writing a song or you're performing your own song or you're performing opera uh, with an orchestra, whatever that I've had to over the years open the channel to emotions. That and the and I have to practice keeping that channel open. I keep I do it to here because I feel like it's my heart, right? Like the emotions come from here somehow. (laughs) But if the channel is open then I am going to be a better singer and more connected. And it, to me, it's like a little, a little bow, like a, like uh, surfing on a wave. Um, uh, if I don't surf and, and I don't know where it's going to go, right. You don't, but if you, if you try to hold it back, hold your horses back, then you, you're going to stop something. And so I think being able to find that balance and be able to surf that emotion with your breath, surf, have the tone surfing on the breath. And I used to always say that, um, you know, motion and emotion, you know, are the same. So you want the breath to keep flowing and the the voice to keep writing on the breath. If it gets stuck, it's not going to come out the way you want it. And so that channel has to always be open. And to me, it's terrifying um, and so it's, it is a real sacrifice when you sing for me. I know it is every time, whoever you are, if you sing for me, or if I sing for you, it's something f- from deep inside of me. And it's a sacrifice for me. I'm open, I'm vulnerable. So, um, I think that's, um, I have so much, uh, gratitude and love for all of you singers in the world, including you guys here today. So thanks for this question, Jess. It was beautiful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, each one of your guys' answers are, you know, it's a subject for a whole podcast. I mean, I think it's really, really, yeah. really interesting. And, and it makes my, my, my feelings about this, uh, uh feel kind of, uh, not as substantial, but, but, but for me, it's, um, If I'm terribly happy and and just really happy and just really enjoying all the, you know, enjoying hanging out with my partner, with my son and and at a party with people that I love or it's it's interesting that that is not my most creative place. For some reason, I have a very almost like a, uh, you know, uh, um, creating art for some reason ever since I was a child was a way to deal with not being able to participate in life. Was a, was, a, was a solace, was a, a, a kind of a, it was the, 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 a respite for, uh, you know, a, pers- a wallflower, essentially, you know, that idea. And so I know that that's, I don't think that that's, you know, a, a good place to be psychologically. I wish I weren't like that, but that's some, a way that I've always sort of dealt with it. And so I, there has to be this sort of low humming melancholy, but it can't be, it can't be too much. It can't be too much to where I'm, 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 I, I need to lie in bed all day, you know? So, it's, so I was, because I was thinking about my process, I was really interested to find out, you know, how, how you all felt about that. Okay, I'd like to pass it over to Joyce.
0: So head on over to our episode three to hear the next story, song, and discussion on the transforming power of singing. To learn more about our illustrious panel members, please visit our website at santoshavoicegroup.com. That's S-A-N-T-O-S-H-A voicegroup.com. You are invited to join us for a live Q&A session following the release of each Power of Singing episode. Just go to our website podcast page to sign up, and we'll send you the Zoom link so that you can join us live. See the links on this podcast information page for more details. And to misquote Leanne Rimes, when you get the chance to sit it out or sing, we hope you sing. See you next time.
4: See a friend,